And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with my co-host, Nathan Jones, where we're Lamb Lion Ministry. We thank you for being part of today's program. We have a great program prepared for you today that we have titled, The Gog Invasion, as we look at Ezekiel chapter 38. So you don't want to miss it. Those of you following us on social media, we'd love for you to share this program with your friends and family so they can follow along with us. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host, Nathan Jones, if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, again, we thank you so much for giving us your word that we might understand you better, understand your purposes, understand the future that you have planned, and the glorious redemption of the saints, Lord. We thank you as we dive into Ezekiel 38 today, how you show that you love your people and you haven't forgotten the people of Israel, and that you want all to come to salvation. And we pray, Lord, that this day, that many will come to know you, and this maybe even this day will be the rapture. Thank you, Jesus, in your precious name. Amen. Mm, amen. Again, you're tuned into a Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Vic Batista and Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. Again, our program is that of the Gog invasion as we look at Ezekiel chapter 38. So stay tuned. And of course, before we can kind of welcome my guests to the program, actually not guest anymore, our regular Nathan Jones. <laughs> wow, that's a blast from the past. And I've been your guest in what, over a decade? A decade guest, right? <laughs> Maybe folks don't know is that uh, the truth will set you free. It used to be called Eyes on the Word, and uh, Vic, as of course a Calvary Chapel pastor in Florida, this was the outreach of his church. And then a few years back, Vic uh, joined Lamb and Lion Ministries as an assistant evangelist. So we moved what was then renamed the Truth Will Set You Free under Lamb and Lion Ministries umbrella. So yeah, in the beginning, Vic, all you brother, and you bring in different guests, and I got to be your guest occasionally. But look at it now. You know, it's an outreach of Lamb and Lion Ministries, and we've been doing this for 13 years. So it's so good to be your co-host and not your guest anymore. Right, Nathan? I guess because you and we're like family. We go back so long that I've been guest at your programs. You've been guest at our programs. So now we're like, you know. <laughs> Say, why don't we put the ministries together? It just makes sense. <laughs> Oh, that is so exciting. And occasionally, Nathan, we will have other guests like Tim will pop into the program, right? And others. So those are more guests. Right, right. Yeah, those are the ones. But we're the regulars, right? <laughs> we're, 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 we're ketchup and uh, mustard. You get that on every table. Oh, but Nathan, for someone who's also laughing along with us, maybe they're new to the program. Can you share with them what we do and what resources we offer that they can get a hold of? Sure. Well. Check us out at our website, ChristInProphecy.org. You'll find a wealth of information about Bible prophecy. Uh, our passion at Lamb and Lion Ministries is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. So check us out, ChristInProphecy.org, or download the Lamb Lion app. And uh, I'd also like to announce that uh, just new, hot off the press, is the second prophecy edition of mine and Steve Howell's book, 12 Faith Journeys of the Minor Prophets. It's a, a book that helps you grow in your faith by learning from the faith journeys of each of the minor prophets, a section of the Bible most people don't read. And now in the second edition, it also includes for every book, it's got every prophecy in each from each of the minor prophets, 
and it lists when it was fulfilled or when will it be fulfilled. And uh, brother, it's been exciting to write that book because uh, the minor prophets are just filled, just so filled with information that, that helps you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, that, that really explains his purposes and direction, his love. Uh, you get insights in who God is from firsthand as he expresses his his emotions and concerns over certain things. They're, they're beautiful books. And so Steve Howell and I wanted to write this book to help people understand better uh, the the treasures that you can, the spiritual treasures you can get from the minor prophets. So uh, check it out. You can find it on our website at christinprophecy.org. Order a copy there. Of course, we have it on Amazon, and we also have it in eBooks like Kindle, Nook, uh, Barnes and Nobles, Nook, you know, uh, iBooks, and so forth and so on. Oh, Nathan, that is, thank you for sharing that. What an exciting resource. I'm so glad that the Lord led you to do that because you don't find a lot of resources like that on the minor prophet. People seem seem to want to skip over that as if they were not important because of the title minor. But as you wrote in the book, they're not minor in terms of uh, uh, importance. It's just that the books are shorter, right, Nathan? Yes. Like, so we're studying Ezekiel right now. Vic and I are going through it and you're coming along with us, and they would be considered the major prophets, along with Isaiah and Jeremiah, because they wrote really long books. But the minor prophets wrote very short books, sometimes two, three, like Obadiah, barely a chapter. But nevertheless, even though they're smaller, they're still filled with information and and uh, to teach you about Jesus Christ, even though he hadn't come yet. But it, the prophecies that pointed to him are just absolutely mind-blowing. So I encourage you to get into the minor prophets. And uh, if it'll help you along, please pick up a copy of 12 Faith Journeys of the Minor Prophets, Volume 2. Oh, that is amazing. Thanks, Nathan. And uh, again, speaking, Nathan, of just amazing prophecies, I mean, you and I, we dove into this book of Ezekiel and uh, we completed chapter 37 uh, speaking about God's amazing plan to regather his people. And now we're going to journey into Ezekiel chapter 38. And Nathan, what a timely message considering what's going on around the world today with these nations at each other's throat, with Russia and the surrounding nations. And yet, as we dive into Ezekiel 38, Nathan, this is going to be a really eye-opener, hopefully, for many people to recognize how relevant these prophecies are for today. Absolutely. You know, most people um, are really, that know Bible prophecy, really looking forward to chapter 38 and 39, because we have left the past and we are now moving into future prophecy. And as we already covered in chapters 36 and 37, those chapters are about Israel coming back from the dead. A nation that had died in 70 AD is now back to life again since 1948. And Jesus said, when you see the fig tree rebutted, in other words, when Israel returns as a nation again, that will be the generation or the time period when Jesus Christ returns. We have read chapter 36 and 37 as Ezekiel's chronological in order. And 36 and 37 were the prophecies about Israel coming back from the dead. They're a nation again. And you have to have Israel as a nation again in order for chapters, the prophecies in chapters 38 and 39 to be fulfilled. So, brother, we are probably at the climax of the book of Ezekiel, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely, Nathan. And there is going to be just so much here that we're going to uh, try to do our best to uh, cover this material because these things that we're going to be reading right now are uh, are just eye, uh, 
eye openers. Uh, and I think for someone who's not familiar with the book of Ezekiel 38, they will definitely get a lot out of it. So, Nate, will you be able to start us out in, in chapter 38, verses 1 through 4, and now read verses 5 through 9, in case someone doesn't have a Bible? Absolutely. Uh, before we start, let me just, uh, folks, obviously Vic and I can go into detail a certain amount of level, but if you want to dive really deep, then if you go to our website at ChristInProphecy.org, under our articles on the tribulation, I have an article there called Timing Gog and Magog. It's very in-depth. It's even got a video with it, and it teaches you uh, all the aspects of Timing Gog and Magog. When is this event supposed to happen? Who are the players? Who's the leaders? And so if you'd want to check that out, go to our website, ChristInProphecy.org, under Articles of the Tribulation, uh, check out Timing Gog and Magog, and that'll help you get some more information. So, but I think Vic and I are going to do a pretty good job here, right, brother? And dive in deep for you. So one through four, let's begin. Now the word of the Lord came to me, Ezekiel, saying, Son of man, set your face against Gog of the land of Magog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal, and Prophesy against him and say, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against you, O God, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal. I will turn you around, put hooks into your jaws, and lead you out with all your army, horses, and horsemen, all splendidly clothed, a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords. Verse 5, Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya are with them, all of them with shields and helmets, Gomer and all his troops in the house of Torgamar from the far north and all its troops. Many people are with you. Prepare yourself and be ready, you and all your companies that are gathered about you, and be a guard for them. After many days you will be visited. In the latter years you will come into the land of those who brought you back from the sword and gathered from many people on the mountains of Israel, which have long been desolate. They were brought out of the nations, and now all of them dwell safely. You will ascend coming like a storm, covering the land like a cloud, you and all your troops and many people with you. Nathan, what an amazing passage. And it opens up like a boxer just charging out of the cage. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, there's uh, some timing clues here. Uh, this war, which we call the Battle of Gog and Magog, or the Gog and Magog War, has some interesting timing clues built into it. Verse 8, for instance, says the latter years, or your translation might say the last days. The last days is always a biblical reference to the end of the age before the Messiah comes. So we know that this event will happen before the Messiah comes. It also says it will happen in the land of Israel that with a people that were brought back from the sword. In other words, they were scattered throughout the world by the Romans by the sword. But they're going to be gathered back into Israel, including the mountains. So they have all the land of Israel. Uh, while they were scattered, the land was left desolate for the last 2,000 years. And we spoke last episode about how the Jewish people have taken a desert and made it bountiful again. And you and I have been in Israel, beautiful, blooming uh, it's the breadbasket of the Middle East. It says that the people were brought from all the nations, and there they dwell safely in the land of Israel. Well, we go back to chapters 36 and 37. What was that prophecy? Israel dispersed throughout the land. The land made desolate. Then the Jewish people regathered and brought back to the land, and life comes back to both the people and the land again. And now they feel safe. Well, why do they feel safe? Well, after a number of wars, Israel's defeated their hostile neighbors around them. 
there still might be a Psalm 83 war ahead, but we know for the most part that Israel feels somewhat safe behind their military. So we've got here these timing clues that say that this is an event that will happen before the Messiah will come in the latter years when Israel is a nation again. Brother, this is a prophecy that could happen in our time period, don't you think? Oh, Nathan, absolutely. And this is why this this passage and this chapter is so timely. Again, because sometimes people, they look at books like uh, the Old Testament, the book of Ezekiel, and they don't think it's relevant for them. They think that's something from the past. But then all of a sudden, you sort of get into a time machine when you get to chapter 38 and 39. And that time machine catapults you forward in time to a place in time that anybody that has eyes to see will recognize what's happening in the world around them as Israel is back in the land, Nate. Absolutely. And it's interesting. We've got this, this, now Ezekiel is told to address this guy named Gog of the land of Magog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal. Now, I don't know about you, but I know of no nations today named Magog or Rosh or Meshach or Tubal. And I know of no political leader by the name of Gog. Uh, there is a reference in 1 Chronicles 5.4 of a descendant of Reuben being named Gog, so it was an actual name. Uh, King Gyges of Lydia, uh, who asked King Ashurbanipal of Assyria for help in 676 BC, and he joined an Egypt-led rebellion against Assyria. Uh, folks said, well, is that Gog? Well, he's an historic type. Um, there are people who say, well, maybe Gog is Genghis Khan, who back in the 1200s ruled the Mongol Empire which covered a fourth of Asia. Maybe maybe he's God. Well, no, he's, he's passed. He didn't attack Israel. So they're like, well, is Gog a historical character or is this a future reference? Well, we know that if Israel's regathered back into the land again and the land's bountiful again, then therefore that Gog must be a future, to, to Ezekiel that is, future character, a future entity. Now, whether it's interesting that the name Gog means hidden or covered. So we don't know who the entity of Gog is, but what this passage is telling us is that God's addressing Gog, whether it's a man or a demon or both, and he will lead a coalition of nations that will come and attack Israel. And it also tells what his identity is, like what his nationality is. And he is the prince or chief of Rosh, and Rosh is the ancient name for the land of Russia. I, again, in timing Gog and Magog, I have extensive historical records that point to the Rus or the Rosh as being the ancient Russian ancestors. So it's not really debated anymore that, that Rosh is Russia. So Gog comes from Russia and Magog is the stand nations, Uzbekistan, Turkmenistan, all that. So in other words, this land where Rosh or Russia once controlled or does control all these lands, the former Soviet Union, you could say, these this nation will come against Israel. So that leaves the question, Vic, if it's today, if the Gog-Magog war was to happen today, could Vladimir Putin be Gog? Oh, Nathan, without a doubt, and, and, and we see so much being stirred lately with Russia, and, and it's really uh, an eye-opening verse for individuals that, are, that, that have their eyes open to Bible prophecy. Absolutely. And, and without a doubt, we know that Vladimir Putin uh, is on a war path not just to control uh, certain areas in Russia, but to rule the world, if you will. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, he can't go west because of the UN and NATO. He can't go east because of China and Mongolia, and he can't go south, really, because of India. The only place to go southwest that Russia's been making advances on 
is helping out Iran. Of course, it's been in the background of the Syrian civil war. It's continually trying to set up bases in, inside Damascus and all. It's working its way down to Israel. And you got to wonder why. Well, as we read on, the prophecy will tell us why Russia wants to attack Israel in the future. Well, Nathan, and of course, we notice uh, there's a lot of great wealth uh, that is floating around uh, in those areas, especially the way that Israel has now been uh, God has been blessing that small nation in so many ways. And uh, we see that, that, that that's always behind the scenes is power struggle and also territory. You know, and like they said, th these individuals are never satisfied. Uh, they always want more. No, and it would seem that people ask, well, how does the Russia and Ukrainian war play into today's uh, prophecy? And it's like, well, it doesn't. Uh, whether Russia defeats Ukraine or the NATO pushes back, forcing Russia south, which I think is the more likely scenario, then that's what it is. Uh, another thing that happened, and we're kind of getting a little ahead of ourselves here, but, but we'll learn soon that it's God who's pulling Russia down to attack Israel for the purpose of punishing Russia. And there is a hook that draws Gog south to Israel. And it's, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself. <laughs> Why don't we get to those verses and then we'll, we'll reveal the secret. Well, and Nathan, actually, and this is a challenging passage because you and I have been teaching prophecy for a while. So the tendency is in our brains, right, <laughs> to, to start bringing all these verses together. And uh, so we just want to encourage those of you that just tuned in. Again, you tuned into a Truth Will Set Your Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Big Batista Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. We're looking at the amazing chapter in Ezekiel chapter 38 in this amazing prophecy of the Gog invasion. But Nate, I think I love it because uh, the way that verse one opened up, it says, now the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, uh, uh, set your face against Gog in the land of Magog. And it's almost like he's saying, move and, and pay attention to this location. This is going to be very important in the future. Uh, prophetically speaking, this specific individual and this specific nation. And I think he says, set your face on it, pay attention to it. Absolutely. And when you got to think about, too, in Ezekiel's time period, we're talking about 2,600 years ago. While the people, there's definitely uh, Scythians who are ancient ancestors as well of the Russian lands. Uh, they made inroads down into Egypt and back up. The, the, there was long distance trading with the Rus people who were the ancestors of the Russians. So it's not like Ezekiel's time period didn't know these people existed, but the travel time to get from Israel to Russia was so obscene, it would be like Marco Polo you know, making a connection with the Chinese. You knew they were out there, but you never really knew them. So all of a sudden we have this prophecy where Israel is existentially threatened by the Rus or the Russians would must have been so obscenely ridiculous to the people of that time period, because how could an army that far away, that alien, that distant, possibly be a threat to Israel? Well, today, you know, travel and transportation is nothing. Daniel 12:4 prophesied in the last days there'd be a super increase in knowledge and a super increase in travel. So it's it's next to nothing for Russia and Israel to tangle and then fly back home within the same day. But uh, it must have been mind blowing for Ezekiel to have to make a prophecy about a land that was so far away, they wouldn't even consider it ever that Russia would be a threat. Nathan, that's a good point. And, and we hope that individuals tuned into this program today will understand that if I were Ezekiel trying to describe 
back then, things that were a technology that was developed today, I could only use, uh, 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 I will say, references to what, what was that during his time. And back then it was horses and carriages. And, uh, you know, he, that's why when people read here horses and shield, they were, they were trying to describe as best as they could back in their time something that they couldn't even describe in the future. That's an excellent point because, yeah, I mean, we read about shields and horses and bucklers. We hear, we'll read later about burning weapons. We don't burn tanks, you know, <laughs> you don't burn helicopters. And, uh, you know, we don't ride out to war on horses. I mean, there's cavalries, but usually they're ceremonial. You know, most people are, could wear armor like Kevlar, but they're not wearing shields. So we're getting Ezekiel's description from a guy who lived in 2600 BC. I mean, that's. That's the description. The names of the countries that he's going to give us are the ancient names, which we can trace, and, and Vic and I will reveal them as we continue the study. But we, we, he only gives us the ancient names. He gives us a modern story, but he bases the characters, the weapons, and everything as if it's from his time period. Because it'd be very weird if he said, and the army or the legions of tanks you know, drove up to... Nobody would have understood what he was talking about back then. But we understand today he means... Soldiers and weapons, that's what he means. And Nathan, like you mentioned, and also the locations, of course, have changed. Names have changed, but if people were to go uh, to Google today and use Google Earth and uh, and sort of like uh, pinpoint these places, they will have modern names today that we would be more familiar with as we're going to notice there in verse 2. Son of man, set your face against Gog in the land of Magog, the prince of Rush, Meshach, and Tubal, prophesy against him. And again, Nathan, this, that, that's why you're bringing about to us the modern names of today of these locations so that if people were to look at a map, they will go, oh, that's where that place was located. And I do have a map on the article Timing Gog and Magog, if that helps. Matter of fact, I've been to so many prophecy conferences and it's funny how I see that map pop up on other people's presentations. <laughs> so I'm glad it helps. But when we're talking about Rosh, that's the ancient name, the ancient peoples of Russia. Uh, we'll see another indicator later in Ezekiel 38 and 39 that says this threat comes from the farthest north. Well, people say, oh, that's Turkey. Well, no, Turkey's not the farthest north. The farthest north you can go is Moscow. It's directly north of Jerusalem. So we know Rosh is Russia, where it says Magog here. Those are the ancient peoples that, that came, I mean, the, the, the Stan countries, Uzbekistan, uh, Turkmenistan, Kyrgyzstan, all that, have been so crossed over by so many different people. But that was always considered the, the land of Magog. So, and then Meshach is the uh, name of the larger name for a bunch of different nations that merged, like Tubal, Gomer, and Betagarma, into what we know today as the nation of Turkey. So we've got Turkey. Uh, you know, you mentioned that some of these names are, are, aren't too different. Well, it's true. Persia only changed uh, 100 years ago or so to be the nation of Iran. So we know Iran. And then Libya... And uh, Ethiopia still have their name say, you still go to Libya, it's still Libya, although it used to be called Put. And uh, Ethiopia today is part of Kush and the Sudan. So yeah, we, we know from historians what these ancient names, what their modern equivalents. Well, you only have to turn on the news and you see the president of Russia and the president of Turkey and the president of Iran, who used to be bitter enemies, are now meeting together all the time and plotting and planning and they always have their fists against Israel, and you're like, wait a minute, 
These are the nations that the Bible said will come against Israel in the last days. And they're meeting and they're planning. What are they planning? Brother, I think in part they're planning the invasion of Israel. Oh, Nathan, absolutely. And that's why we, we, we want to clarify certain things for someone who tuned in. Maybe they're new to this program or new to prophecy or new to the book of uh, book of Ezekiel. And they're wondering, wh where are these places? Where are they located? Well, again, uh, like you mentioned, Nathan, most people are familiar today with, with, uh, with the Middle East or Turkey uh, or all these places, Asia Minor. And suddenly a light bulb goes off in their mind and say, wait a minute, Persia? Oh, that's with us located, Libya, Ethiopia. Well, I can certainly relate to these countries. And Nathan, that's the wonderful thing is that today we have so much technology to help us hone in on these places and recognize this is what Ezekiel was talking about over 2,600 years ago and how developed these places are, right, Nathan? I mean, they've come... They're no longer riding horses, if you will, but now it's electric cars and <laughs> drones. I mean, most people don't realize that Turkey is, is part of NATO. It's a very modern country. Iran, too. I, I've known a number of Iranians over the years, and though they're hobbled by their theocratic government, it's a, it's a first-world country. Russia, it's a first-world country. I mean, these are, aren't backwater countries. These are major world players, and you know, for a while there, last when the Soviet Union collapsed, we thought, ah, oh, you know, Russia, that's it. How is it going to be a big threat to Israel? Well, brother, we're seeing Russia is threatening the world right now, especially with nuclear war. And they're merging with the BRICS nations, or because Russia is part of the BRICS nations, to create an alternative currency to challenge the petrodollar. So Putin is, is basically at war with NATO. And we're technically, as a nation, the West, at war with Russia through the proxy of, of Ukraine. So Russia is definitely, and by aligning with China, now China isn't involved at all in the Gog Magog war, but China and India have been supplying a lot of the money that Russia lost when it stopped selling gas to Europe. And of course, you know, we've canceled Putin uh, the, from the financial world. Well, he's like, okay, I'm just going to make my own financial world with these other allies. So yeah, Russia is a huge threat to the world right now. Well, and Nathan, and not only that, but if, if, if we look at verse 6, we have to recognize all that are involved. Here it also mentions about many people that are with you. We see again more and more nations lining up against Israel. It seems that every year Israel has more and more enemies of countries that want to see Israel disappear from the map. Yet, according to Bible prophecy and according to the Word of God, God's hand is upon this little nation. No matter what the threats are, God is going to show up in a mighty way. Beautifully said. Nate, also, if you another thing too, I know we only have a few minutes left to the program, and we just want to encourage people to uh, be good students of the Word of God and, and encourage them to read along. But verse 7 speaks about a preparation. Prepare yourself and be ready. You and all your companies that are gathered about you and be a guard for them. Now, verse 8, like you mentioned, Nate, says, after many days, you will be visited. And that is what is it's the visitation right now that we see being prepared right before eyes, before the great entrance of the war that is going to take place. Yeah, and we'll get a little later, we'll reveal that Israel is actually surprised when this happens. It's a shock. So it means that Russia and its Islamic allies 
I've been plotting and planning this for a while. I mean, this is a major, major offensive against Israel. I mean, the IDF can possibly hold it back. And that's why we'll see God supernaturally step in and all. But at this time, uh, they're plotting and planning. Well, what do we see constantly all the time? Russia, Turkey, Iran, meeting, plotting, planning. Uh, and, of course, we haven't got to what the hook is yet. We'll save that for the next episode. But, yeah, brother, it's this is we're, we're living in the first few verses of Ezekiel chapter 38 right now. And Nathan, that's why this message is so urgent, like never before. All our messages have an urgency to them. But I will say where we are, point in time, passage, this message is very urgent because I believe there's someone tuned into a program right now, Nathan, who maybe they think they uh, tuned in by coincidence. But you and I know that there are no coincidences, only divine appointments. And we believe that God might be wanting to get your attention and recognize it in the times that we're living in. And this is a crucial time for people to recognize God, to be on the right side, if you will. Because when all this breaks out, it's going to be an eye opener for the world. So we want to encourage you that if you don't have a relationship with the Lord right now, with God, this is the this is the best preparation time for you is for you to get ready, because when all these things start to happen, you want to make sure that you are on the right side. And Nate, maybe there's someone out there that doesn't have a relationship with God, but maybe we have gotten their attention and they're interested in wanting to start that relationship with the Lord. Will you be able to share with them how they can start that process? Absolutely. God loves you. Your sin separates you from him. So he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross to take the punishment of your sins upon himself. He then beat death by resurrecting from the dead. And because he has defeated death, he's defeated death for us, too. And our sins can be forgiven when we reach out and accept his free gift of salvation. So if you are ready, and I pray you are soon because you never know when you're going to die, then pray from your heart. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for dying on the cross for my sins. I know I'm a sinner. Please forgive me. I want you to be the Savior and Lord of my life. I love you, Jesus, in your precious name. Amen. Praise the Lord. And if you pray that simple prayer wherever you are, the Bible is clear. The Holy Spirit has moved from being with you to being inside of you. And you are born again. And Nathan and myself want to rejoice over that decision that you made. Reach out to us, 305-992-9537. Let us know that you pray that prayer. We would love to give you a Bible and a study guide so that you can grow in your relationship with the Lord. And we want to rejoice with you. And of course, we also want to encourage you to continue to read the book of Ezekiel chapters 38 and 39, so that as we continue in this segment of the programs, you will be more familiar with the passages. But we have run out of time for this segment of the program, and we thank you for being part of today's program. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones saying goodbye, but the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. Have a wonderful week. The good news is finally here. 